Carson in left side to the middle. What a move oh. by Philip Forsberg. Oh. One of the best from Scoresburg. It's the podcast that loves the hockey team you love. Sorrow stops him with the blocker. This is the Predators official podcast with Kara Hammer and Max Herz. For the empty net and hits it on a bounce. On 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and NashvillePredators.com. The Predators official podcast, episode two of the 2023-2024 season. Final week of preseason. Opening night is less than a week away. My name's Max Herz from Preds Radio, Kara Hammer from Preds TV. As we record this, Kara, on Thursday, October 5th, we've got two more preseason games coming up in the next two days. Final roster cuts coming over the weekend. Opening night is so, so soon. So soon. We're like, what, a week away? We're back. (laughs) Max, I'm so excited. I feel like right now there's so much energy around the team and kind of like what Pete Weber talked about last night on your Smashville live show that right now the roster's at a more manageable number. So this is a chance for the coaches to really hone in on kind of what the team may look like opening night. Yeah, it's looked much more like the NHL group since Milwaukee camp began earlier this week. They are down as we speak on Thursday afternoon. By the time you hear this, things may have changed. The main group this week has been 15 forwards, eight defensemen, and two goalies. So really only a couple cuts left, depending how many players they plan on keeping as extras. But this is getting close to the NHL group, and the last few decisions will be made here after these final two games. A couple cuts left, but also a new addition. And since you've had a chance to meet him and have the pronunciation, which is so important as the season gets started, I'm going to hand this one off to you. So the newest predator is Sammy Fagimo. Fagimo claimed off waivers from the LA Kings earlier this week. He was on the ice for practice Tuesday and Wednesday, part of the preseason games on Thursday night and Friday night as well. He's 23 years old, 50th overall pick by the Kings from the Swedish League in the 2019 NHL draft. He spent the last three seasons in North America, mostly in the AHL, where he has been A goal every other game player. 23 goals in 56 AHL games last year for the Ontario Reign. He's also played 13 NHL games over the last two seasons. Scored two NHL goals for the Kings. And the Kings are a deep team right now. They have a deep prospect pool in addition to a great NHL roster. They had to make some cuts they did not want to make. And they are certainly not happy about losing Fagimo on waivers. But the Predators have him. And if they do not choose to keep him on the NHL roster, they will have to send him back to waivers. So you imagine, even in a short sample, Kara, he will get every chance possible to prove himself and show his high ceiling as a young player. I love this because I feel like it adds a little bit of competition. It's already there, right? There's so much competition happening on the ice. Players are really fighting to make the NHL opening night roster. But then you bring in an extra player at this point of the preseason, and it kind of probably is causing a little stir in the locker room of, okay, they're still adding. So what do we need to do to prove ourselves? Absolutely. And Fagimo is a winger. He plays, he's right-handed. So he's been at right wing a lot. He plays the left circle on the power play, at least at the AHL level where he scored a lot of his goals. So he's a winger who plays both sides, pretty similar skill set, a great shot, both wrister and one-timer. Pretty similar skill set to the young guys the Preds have brought up. Very similar to Luke Evangelista. Similar to Phil Tomasino. So we'll see where exactly he fits in. And it kind of gives Andrew Brunette and Barry Trotz as the GM one more option in terms of 
hey, in one of these bottom six winger spots, do we want a skill guy over a grit guy? Who do we want on the roster and who do we want night to night? I think one thing that the Preds need to hone in this season, Max, is where are those grit players? I think we have a ton of skill players. But my biggest thing I'm, I've been questioning with the preseason and what we're looking at is who's going to be the guy? Like, who is the enforcer? Who's the tough guy right now? Yeah, and we had a fan question about it, so we'll talk about it a little more later, too. But Tanner Janot was that guy. He was one of the toughest heavyweights in the NHL, and the Preds got an offer at the trade deadline from the Lightning that they could not say no to last year. So Janot is gone, and we'll see who steps into that fighting role. Cole Smith has fought before. Mike McCarron has fought before. But those guys' spots every night in the lineup are not assured at this point because of, like you said, Kara, all the skill that is, for the first time ever, healthy together this year. And then some defensemen as well. You don't always want your defensemen fighting, but Luke Shen was brought in for that toughness element, especially to protect Roman Yossi on the back end. Jeremy Lozon has fought before, but no Tanner Janot, no Mark Borowiecki, who's retired. Those were the guys who were stepping up the last couple of years. Well, we do have Mark Borowiecki on the staff, so you wonder if he'll be out there giving a few tips. <laughs> we'll see if there are any fighting lessons going on with Boro. That would be a lot of fun. So we are at the end of training camp here. It's such a short camp. They yeah. show up. The boys show up. They're on the ice for games immediately. And the crazy part is six preseason games for the Preds is way fewer preseason games than most teams play. But the emphasis was on practice time. They wanted a lot of practice time with the new system. And it seems like Andrew Burnett has gotten the team closer to where he wants them to be with learning the system. I think that Andrew Burnett has the guys, like you just said, right where they want to be in. Can you sense a, a sort of energy? You know, I heard Hal Gill say that uh, Ryan O'Reilly told him when he walks into the locker room, it's almost like going to a bachelor party every day because all of the guys just get along so well. They're having a great time. Everybody wants to be at the ring together. And obviously that starts from the top. It carries down. And so we talk about the healthy competition, we talk about, you know, who's showing out, but the energy surrounding everything, it's so much fun right now. And you'll hear that from Ryan O'Reilly, not quite the bachelor party name drop that he gave to Skillsy, <laughs> who maybe would be fun to maybe have Maybe that a needed party. to stay off the record. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hal gets the scoop. But Ryan O'Reilly, new Pred Center, will be our guest on the podcast coming up here in a few minutes, and you'll hear it from him. He's a former captain. He was the captain of the St. Louis Blues for three years before being traded away to the Maple Leafs at the trade deadline last year. He's gotten the sense that this group is in the exact right place right now. Roman Yossi is the captain. O'Reilly, a former captain. Ryan McDonough, also a former captain of the Rangers. They have the right leadership. They have the right young pieces. And with so much change coming into this season, everything is falling at line, at least to start the season, in the way that they hoped it would. There's a belief. It's almost that feeling that you had at the end of last season when these guys came up from Milwaukee and that there was a belief that they could win, that they still had a chance to get into the playoffs. And I think that is completely carried over into where we are right now, that maybe they're not being picked, you know, to, to make the playoffs this season. Maybe there's already some doubt, but that doubt has not seeped into Bridgestone Arena yet. Those players have a belief in the locker room that they will have a successful season. And they want to surprise people, too. Right? Whether they want to admit it or not, this is fun for a group of players who consists of many veteran NHLers who have won before, both here and elsewhere, 
and young players who have always been the best players on their teams and juniors and growing up and all that and finally got their taste of the NHL and did well in small samples in the NHL last year. This is a group of players who in very different ways are not used to losing. Mm-hmm. Yet here they are, not being expected much from on a league-wide basis. And you can tell they all get along. And isn't it fun for the fan base, too? Like, we know we have secret weapons. Like, we know we have Yuso Parsonen that's going to come out, score a nasty goal, show no emotion, and skate <laughs> off the ice. Like, we know those things happen here in Smashville. And he tells you all he cares about is wins, Kara. <laughs> Still the best quote from last year, Yuso Parsonen. All we do is win, win, win. <laughs> I don't know if we can get him to sing, but maybe we could do a remix. Okay, that goal for this season, get Yuso Parson in to sing. All right, I think uh, that's a lofty goal. That's a lofty goal for Yuso. But, hey, he really is a secret weapon. There are so many players who we saw blossom in those moments last year who we want to see do it again. That's all we want. So it'll be a whole lot of fun this season. As we record this, two more preseason games left. By the time you hear it, preseason may be over, but opening night is Tuesday early evening in Tampa. The Preds will play the first game of the entire NHL season on Tuesday, October 10th at 4.30 Nashville time, part of an ESPN national TV triple header. Pre-game coverage will start on 102.5 The Game on radio at 3.30. And then the home opener Thursday night, 7 o'clock, October 12th at Bridgestone against the Seattle Kraken. After our interview with Ryan O'Reilly, we will tell you more about all the fan festivities, both for the opener on the road, how you can watch in Smashville at our watch party, and also the return of the Gold Walk again this year on opening night at home next Thursday. But first up, we will talk to Ryan O'Reilly, former Conn Smythe winner, Stanley Cup champion with the St. Louis Blues, Selkie Trophy winner as well, signed a four-year, $18 million contract with the Predators this summer. And he has established himself as the top-line center here in training camp. Ryan O'Reilly coming up next. ROR on the POP with Kara Hammer and Max Herz here on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast here on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. Max Hurts with New Pred Center. Ryan O'Reilly joining us. Ryan, thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Glad to be here. We've heard it's been quite a family affair for you at camp. Your older brother, Cal, was in camp back with the Predators organization, came here with you this year. How many O'Reillys were there together this camp? <laughs> there were quite a few. It was uh, pretty chaotic at the, the household. Um, obviously, <laughs> staying with me. He's got three kids. I've got three kids. Um, yeah, so it was it was chaos, but uh, it was pretty cool though. And you know, I had my my mom come into town as well, and just to kind of be at this age, at this point in our career, and we're still kind of on the ice together at a NHL training camp is it's amazing too. Yeah, my mom's out there; she's taking pictures like for back in minor hockey. It was, it was hilarious, <laughs> but it's just it's something so cool to be part of the same organization, still you know doing what we love to do at this age and playing and and uh, especially too for my brother, you know, having started his career here in Nashville, a part of the Predators and. And such, um, yeah, it's cool. Everything kind of goes comes full, full circle. Do you guys kind of get those moments all together with all six kids in the off season ever? And what was it like to have it in more of a hockey type setting? Um, well, it was nice uh, during training camp. Uh, my brother and I obviously got to go away from the house a bit and actually have a little more quiet time at the rink. It was kind of it was more peaceful at the rink than it was at home. <laughs> but uh, we do we do get together obviously in the summer, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you know his uh, you know mine are five, three, and one, and his are. 
you know, I think four, two and one. So it just, it's, it's a fun age where they are just, you know, they're having a blast. There's a lot of laughs, but also a lot of tears. It's just, it's hilarious time for us, but um, yeah, it was so cool to be able to experience it again. What is it like for you guys to move this summer as a family of five after, I would imagine you didn't see them as much as usual after the trade deadline when you went to the Leafs. Yeah, well actually, um, you know, being from Toronto area and my wife from Toronto, it was kind of nice to be able to come there and have her family close, my family close as well. So that, that was kind of a nice thing about it. But still, um, you know, this summer, yeah, obviously so much uncertainty. You don't know where you're going to end up. And, um, yeah, it could be kind of nerve-wracking and such. But, um, you know, once we do decide and, you know, agree to come here, um, knowing it from my brother having lived here, knowing what kind of place it is, um, definitely made that transition very easy. And, you know, having known a few guys on the team too, coming along with Shen as well, um, you know, just having that people you know here in the organization too has just been outstanding. You know, whether it's helping us get into schools and, you know, finding a place to live, they've just been so seamless that I'm able to come here and just play hockey and enjoy it. And, you know, my family's had a blast so far. You've gone through free agency before, obviously. What is it like to field offers, and what makes you feel wanted in that type of process? Um, this actually was my first time experience free agency. Uh, I've been traded a few times and such, but uh, it was nerve-wracking. It was different. You think like you know, you know, every team is gonna you know have room for you, but it, or you know want it, but it's you know there's so many things that come into play, and so you don't know what's gonna happen. And I think I'm just super lucky that worked out here to be able to you know be seen as an organization someone to come here and help and, and get this uh you know team back to where they want so to see um you know to be wanted like that from here and some place that i've known a bit with my brother being here um that was a no-brainer to, to come here and it's just been awesome so far you talked in your press conference here this summer about your guitar playing and how you haven't been able to do it much recently. And I imagine you still haven't been able to do it much, even though you got here. But are there any musicians that are here in Nashville that you think you might have a chance to meet that you'd like to now that you're here? Uh, it's yeah, it's cool. Um, you know, I've, I've been a country fan. Um, you know, I've been really impressed with the city with the amount of stuff that isn't country that comes in. You know, all the great venues and people coming in from, you know, it's just all, all sorts of different, um, you know, groups and types of music that come around here are so cool but um you know it was pretty um you know our trainer in um in st louis was good friends with dirk bentley and everybody signed here um you know he kind of connected us and i got a chance to kind of just text with him a bit so that was that was pretty cool um and i hopefully get a chance to kind of meet him in person but um yeah i feel like there's you know talking to other guys it's such a, a cool community where the preds are tied in with the music and uh that'll be something i'm looking forward to Heard you on a podcast with former Preds Scotty Upshaw and Shane O'Brien say you went to Bonnaroo a few years ago and it was the best festival you've ever been to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been to Bonnaroo, what, four, three, four times now? Um, not recently, though, but, um, yeah, that was one of the coolest festivals I, I've ever been to with, uh, obviously, those guys, a great group of guys. Um, we got a very eclectic festival, too. So many great musicians and, and you know, whether, you know, finding new music or not, just, you know, spending the day there and, it's just it's such um, you know such a cool place you know being on the farm there and going to those you know that place. Man, just an hour and a half from here, so you're close mm -hmm. by now. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly's our guest. All right, let's talk a little bit of hockey here. Yeah. You're one of three veterans who signed multi-year deals this summer. Here, you, Luke Shen, who you mentioned, Gus Nyquist. All three of you guys were trade deadline rentals last year to teams that wanted to win the cup. What does it mean for this organization to have three guys of that winning caliber come here and want to be here for multiple years at once? Um. Yeah, I think it's good. I think, you know, you know, for us and talking with those guys too, you know, the, the youth that's here and, you know, last year you know, being banged up and still almost making the playoffs that we knew that it's um, something special. And then you look at the coaching staff and Trotsy and such and just little people that I think the game that we respect and, you know, we want to be able to come here and make an impact. So it's, 
you know, you know, for us, it's you know, there's some good youth here that you know we're looked at to kind of help lead that way and and get back to where we want where we want to be. But um, you know, I'm very optimistic. I, I like this group. We got a lot of hard work ahead of us, but you know, we're going to be right there. How do you help those young guys find their long-term consistency in the league as a veteran? And what specifically do you do to encourage them positively within your personality? Yeah, I think uh, you know, you know, a lot of it's feeling it out. Um, you know, building relationships. I think through training camp and just being a short time. The first step is always. You know, if you want to think, be successful, you know, player in this league and also in a successful team, it's, you know, it's relationships and, and, you know, it's starting to build that and, and, you know, become friends, become closer. And then, you know, on the ice, whether it's practice day and you're pulling some guy, it's something you think that might help him. But also during games, um, when you see something, it's, you know, having that dialogue, having those conversations of what you think. And, and also, too, for myself, sometimes it could be just doing the right thing, too you know, leading by example as well. So there, there's so many things and, you know, for different players and, and myself and, you know, I, you know, I still think for myself, I got a lot of learn, a lot to learn in the game as well. And, you know, I still have to continue to grow constantly, but, um, you know, it's an exciting challenge for, for myself. You're a former captain in St. Louis. Ryan McDonough is a former captain with the Rangers. What does it mean to have a group where there are two former captains plus a captain here? Yeah, you can already tell just in the short time we've been together and the way guys communicate with each other. You can tell just you guys have such a good pulse on the team. And, you know, again, we haven't been you know, together super long, played a ton of games, but still just the way guys communicate and, and with Yos and, and Mac, just listening to them and, yeah, their pulse on it. It's just it's something that's really cool that I think you know in order to win, you know, you have to have you know you know so much leadership in different ways, and and that's uh, an important thing. In your first preseason game as a Pred, you played 25 minutes. You were the first line center, top PK, <laughs> top power play in your first preseason game. Uh, what excites you about what you did in that game and that role coming into the regular season? Yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty big number to jump into <laughs> right away, especially I, I'm not so young anymore, but uh, you know, it was great. Uh, you know, obviously it's something uh, to be used in situations like that and um, even just really have to be trusted in those. I know there's still a lot of feeling out process for that, but um, you know, whether it's him trying to get me in shape ready to go or not, but uh, you know, something to be ready for. Um, you know, I want to be out there every chance I can and, and impact it and uh, it's nice to be seen as, uh, you know, I guess like a utility guy that can be used in all situations. We've seen you a lot with Philip Forsberg on your left wing, Yusuf Parsonen on your right wing. What excites you about that potential line? Um, yeah, well, it's been great so far. You know, there's two, you know, not only smart players, but, you know, Phil with, you know, his release, the way he protects the puck, it's almost impossible to get it off. And the two, Parse, again, you only see him, uh, you know, a little bit last year um, playing against him, watching what he, you know, he can do out there, the plays, control, the power, the strength he has on his skates. Um, you know, it could be a very good line. I'm very excited for it. I think we can, you know, hopefully be a you know, big reason why we can, you know, help lead. You introduced yourself to Preds fans on Twitter by popping your front tooth out, <laughs> which I heard you love to do and will do every chance you get. Uh, does the routine have a name? And when and how did you lose that tooth along the way? Uh, well, I lost it way back in junior when I was playing for the Erie Otters in the OHL. I got a stick in the face and knocked out kind of my two front ones and yeah I've kind of had the flipper since but uh you know it's kind of funny you know I think it's especially being in Canada it's a little more common than the hockey players there are and such so it's kind of nice being like, you know, a little more south here where you kind of mess with people a bit they're like what like you know why is this guy missing his tooth like so it's it's kind of nice it's kind of fun I guess like party trick where you can kind of uh you know you catch people off guard a bit but uh yeah I've had it for a while now <laughs> and one last question also uh related to your face it has been 10 years now since the visors were grandfathered out. Yeah. There are seven guys left, including yourself, who don't wear a visor. Just kind of some self-trivia here. Do you know who the other six are? Um, yeah, I close. I think, okay, so you got Reeves, um, Ben, 
Um, who else? Martin. Um, yeah, I got it's only who else? There's drawing a blank. Well, yeah, who are the other ones? Lucic, Zach Cassian, oh, yeah. and Zach Bogosian. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're kind of getting down to the end of it here. Ten years later. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's something to think of. I just I switched off or took it off. I think midway through my second year and just. Was able to, you know, just see. I think I sweat a lot in my face and <laughs> always wipe my visor. It's nice you just kind of go and just play. And don't have to worry about it. But obviously, you got to be very safe at the same time. Good stuff, Ryan. Thank you for doing this. My pleasure. Anytime. That's new Pred Center Ryan O'Reilly on the Predators official podcast. Bonnaroo attendee, <laughs> guitarist who doesn't have much time to play the, ca- the guitar. Local father of three, Ryan O'Reilly, your new top line center. And here's a fun fact for you, Max. Ryan O'Reilly is currently renting out Ryan Johansson's home. So he, wow. he, as he explained it to me, it very much was like living in a bachelor pad. He said, every corner you turn, there's a big screen TV. And <laughs> thankfully, I have had the chance to uh, attend Ryan Johansson's house. We've done some player and uh, employee functions over there. So we as a collective broadcast group have had a chance to go. And he has a, a, a tiki hut and a golf putting course. In the backyard. I guess what do you call it? A tee? I'm not a golfer. A putting green? A putting green. Is he driving or putting? Uh, putting. Putting green. It's not that big. I feel like driving is like, <laughs> whew, you got to go far. You got to go to the range for that. A swimming pool. So I feel like this is like a kid's haven, right? Like if you could live anywhere with your parents, with your cousins to start the season, I mean- Joey's house was spot on. That's so awesome, man. You heard Ryan say at the beginning of the interview, his brother Cal O'Reilly back in camp with the Preds, former Predator, returning to the Preds now at age 36. He's now in the AHL camp with Milwaukee. But both of them each had their three (laughs) kids there, all six or younger, at Ryan Johansson's house, as Kara reveals. This is chaos. Ryan is probably very glad. Ryan Johansson is probably glad he's in Colorado (laughs) and not seeing what's happening with six kids living at his house. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun time. And Ryan O'Reilly said his mom was there too. So, And taking pictures of Ryan and Cal on the ice like it was minor hockey again. So, so that, that's such a great family story to have them here. And who knows, we may see Cal in the NHL at some point this season as well, as he is certainly a candidate to be the captain of Milwaukee's team this year. So Cal could potentially be the captain down in Milwaukee, but up here, not the captain. We already have Roman Yossi, but a huge leadership personnel coming in with O'Reilly right he's a guy that could just do everything you're gonna see him on the penalty kill he's you're gonna see him play both sides of the puck he's just so well-rounded I think that when you talk about all the people that have come in his name just comes up all the time with the excitement surrounding him being here yeah he's the ultimate NHL role model and Sheldon Keefe the Maple Leafs coach had a funny story that he told this summer they got Ryan O'Reilly at the trade deadline last year from the Blues and the first game he was on the Leafs for was an away game. And for NHL teams playing away games, they have two buses that go to the hotel, the early bus and the late bus. And from traveling last year, I could say my experience was the majority of the players go on the late bus, which is not really that late. It's still multiple hours before the game. But a few guys like to go early. The starting goalie likes to go early. And the coaches will go early. And Sheldon Keefe said, Ryan O'Reilly's first game, he got on the early bus. He was shocked that O'Reilly was not on the early bus. He was like, O'Reilly, O'Reilly's got to be a a bus one guy. Where is he? And he gets there, and O'Reilly is already in the tub and presumably has been there for hours. So he he Ubered to the rink. Who knows? How he got there. Maybe he he never left after morning skate. (laughs) I have no idea. 
Well, that's Ryan O'Reilly. You know, the only other player that I know that was a very, very early arrival guy was was Ryan Ellis. He was another type of player like that who, former Nashville Predator, that would get to the rink so early. But it's I had this conversation with Barry Trotz about these guys coming in. And similar story, Max, he said, he's hockey. Th- these are hockey players. He said, sometimes you have to tell them to get off the ice because he'll just stay out there and, and – you know, like these are players that too, they don't have hobbies. Hockey is their hobby. This is what they do. And you heard O'Reilly joking too about the 25 minutes he played in a preseason debut. They wanted to test his fitness level. <laughs> I'd say he passed the test. A lot of it's power play time. So not always the most strenuous minutes that it's preseason, but yeah. that's what they're going to be asking from him this season. They really will be. I love it. And can we talk about power play? Because I know that last week we had Coach Brunette on, and you talked to him about the power play. But now word's kind of gotten out that he has going to take control of it. He's running the power play this season. But how funny was it? He said, if it doesn't, if it's not good, it's, it's not me. <laughs> That's my quote of the week. I love that. I've been living off that all week. Yeah. He's, he's a crack up at times, Andrew Brunette is. So he's got some funny one-liners, but yeah, it's. I don't know who was questioning that Andrew Burnett was not running the power play, but uh, this power play is his baby. It absolutely is. And at practice, that was very, very evident with the way he was running the groups. And who else would you want running it? That's his area of expertise. I love that he talked about with you the chemistry. You know, he said it's all chemistry. And he goes, I'm going to give them, you know, the opportunity. And then they have to go out and execute. Yeah, and we've seen a couple of different groups this week. One with two defensemen, Roman Yossi and Tyson Berry together. When they've done that, they've gone with Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, and Tommy Novak as the three forwards on the first power play. And then this week, we've seen a four-forward power play with Yossi, the only defenseman, and Cody Glass coming as the fourth forward, too. Certainly still up for debate. A lot will change, I'm sure. But options in terms of the forward D split, and then from there... I mean, you know who the defensemen are going to be. If it's two defensemen, it's going to be Yossi and Barry. But from there, you got to choose three forwards, too, out of guys who are qualified on a list that's probably six, seven, eight guys long. How good has Tommy Novak been this preseason? Last outing, he scored two goals. I know uh, in, in our group chat, Willie and Hal were saying, he looks like the best player on the ice right now. Tommy Novak has really showed out from last season. And he's just the same guy. He is, doesn't want any attention. He is the exact same guy during Gladiator Shoot, which is our media day opportunity where the players all arrive. When Tommy Novak came in to do his interview, Kiefer Sherwood came with him and said, can I just sit and watch to see if he's going to talk, <laughs> to see if he's going to say anything? It, it's kind of funny how quiet he is, but again, he's just a hockey player. Yeah, He's a surgeon, surgeon on the ice, and he's got some flow now too. <laughs> Novak got the flow a little bit, so he let the hair grow out this summer playing up in Minnesota. So looking forward to seeing Tommy Novak's still first full NHL season after he got the call in December last year and never went down. We'll take a break, come back, tell you everything you need to know about opening week here in Smashville. First game in Tampa on Tuesday, first home game on Thursday against the Kraken as regular season hockey returns. This is the Predators official podcast with Kara Hammer. I'm Max Herz here on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and NashvillePredators.com.
Welcome back to the Predators official podcast here on 1025 and 1063 The Game and also on NashvillePredators.com. Hey, if you get a chance, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will bring back Brooks Bratton and Thomas Willis's favorite tradition of reading those on air once a month. So if you haven't rated the podcast before, go to the Predators official podcast. Give us five stars. I mean, you can honestly rate us if you don't love us to the tune of five stars, but we'll read the five-star reviews on air. Yeah, I don't need any one stars. Five stars only. We just don't want to censor any opinions out there. <laughs> Max Harris and Kara Hammer, your host for this season. This is episode two. Ryan O'Reilly joined us in the previous segment. And it's opening week. Regular season is here. Tuesday, early evening, late afternoon, whatever you want to call it. The Predators will play the first game of the entire NHL season for the second season in a row on Tuesday, October 10th at 4.30 Nashville time against the Lightning, 5.30 in Tampa, first of three straight opening night games on ESPN. Blackhawks and Penguins is after that, and then Golden Knights and Kraken. So the Predators are the first game of the entire season. And those of you who will be here in Smashville, Kara and I will both be here. I will be hosting the game here at the radio station. The Predators and in-arena host Wayne D will be leading the charge with the Bud Light official watch party just across from Bridgestone Arena downtown at Assembly Food Hall. On the big screen, right across the street from Bridgestone, happy hour starts at 4 o'clock, and you can win prizes throughout the game and get some exclusive Predators drink deals. So if you're around on Tuesday, if you work near Bridgestone Arena, if you can get off by 4.30, get off work a little bit early maybe, go on down, watch as much of the game as you can make. But how about a Predators watch party for a night game that will end while the sun is still up, most likely? I love that. And before we get into this, can we just take a quick second and give a shout out to Wayne yes. D, who is totally awesome and won Country Music Award Personality of the Year. And this is like, this is our host. He's so good. We just, he's a winner. Wayne D does win and he never stops working. He is everywhere. Music, sports, concerts, everywhere in between. Wayne D is on the mic. He's all around. So that's Tuesday, 4 o'clock at Assembly Food Hall downtown. Games at 4.30. Go hang out with Wayne D and the crew, Preds Energy team. Maybe even Nash will be there as well. So go hang out. Watch the game. First game of the season. It'll also be on radio. We'll be the only local broadcast since the game's on ESPN TV. We'll be on the air at 3.30 here on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game for opening day on Tuesday. Then opening night presented by Regions Bank, the home opener two days later on Thursday, October 12th. We'll feature the pregame plaza party and, of course, the Gold Walk brought to you by Regions Bank beginning at 4 o'clock on the main arena plaza at the corner of 5th and Broadway. Preds players will be escorted by kids from the core youth hockey program presented by Bridgestone down the gold carpet into the arena before the game against the Kraken. Come on down early. Come get your autographs. Bring your kids. Bring the family. The Gold Walk and... Those of you who have collected Preds autographs over the years, there are a lot of new ones for you to get this year. I love the Gold Walk. This is a chance for the players to show out. Everybody's dressed to the nines. And uh, it's it's awesome. The, the, we're going to be on Bally Sports that night. So the, the TV desk will be outside. So you could come meet the hockey players. You could come meet Lindsay and Hal. Maybe Terry Crisp will show up. Ooh. You guys will be on air for a special hour-long pregame as well on TV starting at 6 p.m. So that's... Thursday, October 12th, Preds and Kraken in the home opener for opening night presented by Regions Bank with the Gold Walk at 4 o'clock. 
take a break, come back, answer your first round of fan questions this season on the POP. This is 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Preds Official Podcast. I'm Kara Hammer along with Max Herz. And Max, can we just say what happened? I, we recorded the first 20 minutes of this podcast. And <laughs> I'm wearing headphones and I had headphones with no audio coming through. Welcome back to the podcast, Kara. <laughs> we're very technologically advanced here. And uh, yeah, we're just, I don't know, getting all our... All our wires in the right place for the regular season. You know, it's like the preseason. It's like the player said, this is the chance where you work out all the kinks. This is only episode two. We're working out the kinks. We're running a new system this year. And Kara got bogged down in the old system and turned it over in the neutral zone there. <laughs> the old system. Hey, you know, these are fancy. We're in studio. These are fancy headphones. I'm, I'm used to the AirPods. Only the finest here at 1025 The Game World Headquarters here in Smashville. Well, we had a lot of uh, fan questions coming in, which we love. So please continue to tweet us your fan questions. But Yes, anytime. We, it doesn't have to be on a recording day. Hashtag Preds Podcast. Whatever pops into your head. We also want to see your bottomless Zamboni popcorn tubs oh, and yes. hands-free Jersey travel margaritas that we talked about last week, new concession items. So if you purchase and consume either of those, please send us a picture. With the hashtag Preds Podcast. You don't need to tag us. You can tag us. But hashtag Preds Podcast is what we look for to find those uh, questions, comments, etc. And we will continue to do fan giveaways for those who use the hashtag, both tickets and autographed items throughout the season. I got to start with the Susa Gator because she has been the probably best. a day one uh, POP listener. Shout out to Susa Gator, as always. But she wanted to, to know, uh, who are you both looking forward to seeing this season from the young guys, the veterans, the new additions to the roster? And yay, so glad it's back. Yay, Susie. I'm so glad you're listening. Shout out to Susan. We love Susan, the Susie Gator herself. Florida Gators are not doing great right now, so we need the Preds to come through for Susie Gator. <laughs> Hockey, every team's everything. All right, Max, who are you most excited about? Should I narrow it down to one? Sure. It's How a, about one offense, one defense? Okay. One forward, one defenseman. I would say defense-wise, I'm excited to watch Tyson Berry this season because he got the post-trade deadline time with the Preds, and so much was asked of him, especially after Roman Yossi got hurt. He was playing big minutes. He wasn't able to get too established into the power play after he was an ace power play quarterback for the Oilers. After a full off season. I just think he's so much more comfortable here now, and we get to see the full Tyson Berry experience this year. And I think he is almost undervalued in terms of his experience on a team with Ryan McDonough, Ryan O'Reilly, all the other new veterans, Roman Yossi. This is another guy who has just as much NHL experience as those guys and is going to be on one of your top two D pairs. So I'd go Barry on D, and I'll say Luke Evangelista at forward. Okay. Just because... He was so fun to watch last year after he got the call. He said he was taking it one game at a time, and we found out the plan originally was for him to go down after one game, and that never happened. Here he is. He went back down for the AHL playoffs, of course, after the Preds were done, but he just seems so much more comfortable this year. His puck decisions are so good. He's a playmaker, and we've seen at times him playing with Tommy Novak again this year, who he played with last year. 
That duo is a lot of fun. Potential third wingers, if those guys do play together. Kiefer Sherwood played with them in the spring last year and was more of the four-check drive-to-the-net guy on that line. But they could go with another pure scorer on that line. We've seen Phil Tomasino with them. And also in the last couple of days, seen Sammy Fagimo with them too. So I'm intrigued about that line and Evangelista, how he fits here in his first full NHL season if he gets a chance to start with the big club. Well, you just said the guy I was going to name, Kiefer Sherwood. I don't know what it is about this player. He scored the opening day goal. He scored a goal in the last game of the regular season. But Max, that game, he went out and played like this team was still going to make the playoffs and they still had a fighting chance. And he showed out. And I feel like that is the type of player you want on your roster. So I'm rooting for Kiefer Sherwood. He's my guy. All right. Good question, Susie Gator. Thanks for asking. What else we got? All right. Last year, when a player was called up from Milwaukee, it was said that since both clubs kind of play the same system, the player could easily adapt. This season, Carl Taylor said that they would not be implementing the exact system as Nashville. Can you elaborate on maybe what the system differences will be? So I saw that quote this week from Carl in Milwaukee, who was, of course, with the Predators for the first week of training camp before the Milwaukee camp began, and he went back with the players who would be starting with the ads. And I think it's kind of a system in progress for both sides. I think Milwaukee will play similar to what they played last year with some brunette concepts mixed in would be my assumption of what that means. We did not get a chance to talk to Carl Taylor about that specifically, but I think since camp was so heavy on system install, even the players who start in Milwaukee will have an understanding of where the pressure points and decision points are in Andrew Brunette's system as soon as they come back up. All right, that came from John Drury. I have another one from Scotty Britton. Redden? Sorry, sorry if we're butchering your names on here. <laughs> uh, with a lot of shakeup in the offseason, what do we need to look for early in the season to bring success throughout the year? I think just adherence to the system, to go back to it. And this is what Andrew Burnett has said multiple times. He doesn't want to see the players caught in between the old strategy and the new strategy, especially in the neutral zone. He wants to see forward straight line movement in the neutral zone. It's okay to dump the puck in, and the Preds have scored some goals off of dump and chase four checks in the preseason, but he wants to see them hard through the neutral zone, as many controlled entries into the offensive zone as possible, playing a puck possession-oriented game. They want to play with the puck, and once they lose the puck, they want to work as hard as they can to get it back as quickly as they can. So my second favorite uh, Coach Brunette quote of the week is, when you have the puck, it's a lot more fun. It's not a complicated process. Simple as that. It really is. With such high talent getting sent back to Milwaukee, what do you think the chances are of a semi-rotating lineup to keep players healthy down the stretch? And what do you feel are realistic expectations for the Predators this season? I think that's one thing regarding lineup rotation that we have yet to learn about Andrew Burnett is what is his strategy night-to-night, game-to-game in terms of choosing who the healthy scratches are? And I think a lot of it will have to do with opponent, whether you want more of a skill game or more of a physical game in that type of scenario. But there are going to be some worthy players who don't play, and they don't play on opening night, but they'll have a chance to get in there. And as you said earlier today in the podcast, Kara, it's it's high level of competition going on 
both for the players on the NHL team, the players who are not in the NHL lineup but are on the roster and are not playing or are healthy scratches, and also the guys in Milwaukee who are pushing. And we saw it last year when the young guys started to come up. This year, the Predators hope the same thing will happen with guys like Joachim Kimmel, who had an amazing training camp but needs more time in Milwaukee, and I don't think anyone would argue that. But there are options. There certainly are options, and if spots in the lineup aren't producing, it'll be interesting to see when they dip into that well and how they dip into the well for a first-time, truly a first-time head coach who's been an interim head coach before. But that's something we'll learn along the way, I think. All right, major Preds fan. So you got to love this because you already love his Twitter handle. Who is going to be the first to drop the gloves against Janot in the season opener? I am very confident in this one that if there is a fight involving Tanner Janot, who we love very much, in his first game against the Preds on opening night, it will be the former Pred Tanner Janot fighting the former Bolt Luke Shen in his Preds debut. So question, if Austin Watson is still part of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who drops again with Waddy? Well, we had McCarron versus Watson in preseason. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, every team's got decisions to make. Watson's on a tryout. Sounds like he's been doing well there. A lot of guys on tryouts around the NHL this year. The Preds are really one of the few teams that don't have one, interestingly, just because of all the young players they have. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Tanner Janot is not really a fair fight for anybody this side of Ryan Reeves. So no. I don't want to like, I don't want to force anyone into a fight they don't want. But I mean, we we saw it with the Preds. Janot has many willing combatants, whether they're fair fights or not. All right, I'm going to wrap this up with the last fan question from David Krebs. As someone who was born on the first ever win in Nashville Predators history, his birthday, October 13th, 1998. Wow. How about that? All right, so he's a little bit partial to the history of the franchise, but he wants to know what is your favorite out of the 25-year history? What's your favorite? My favorite moment in Preds history I think it's got to be the Mike Fisher triple overtime. No, ball, you right? can't take mine. All right. You go You go first. I'll come up with another one. I took the easy answer. You took the easy answer. Uh, my favorite, well, the triple overtime goal with Mike Fisher, only because I was a fan in the stands. Uh, as an employee who has been covering the team, Pecorino's 300th uh, win. That was so magical. My interview with him was, it was always my favorite, but then also – Pekka's last game when he skated around the ice. So can I have three top favorite yeah. memories? Yeah. Okay. Three stars. Three stars of the game. Uh, overtime goal, Pekka's 300th win, Pekka's last game. All right. Those are good ones. So I'm I'm going to go with a, a trio as well. It's the big all eyes on us moments that we've had. The all-star game in 2016, which was still the best all-star game ever. The first three-on-three all-star game. John Scott so awesome. winning the world over which was so great, and we need more of that every single year in the All-Star game. That was so much fun. Then a year later, the Stanley Cup final being here and everyone finally understanding what we know here, clicking around the world, that Preds fans are legit, legit, the best of the best, and how much fun that was to host those games and have the whole sports world have their eyes on us. And then most recently, the outdoor game in February 2022. That was so much fun, and I... I still can't believe how perfect the weather was for that game. 40s, clear, perfect weather to play outdoors at the Titan Stadium. And even though the Preds lost that game, it was so much fun. And having the live bands play I Like It, I Love It yeah. with 65,000 people doing the chants, 
when Tanner Janot, aforementioned, scored that first goal. That's just another rung on the ladder as the Preds continue to peak in those big moments with all eyes on them. So that that's those are my three. I'm glad we both went for three. Okay, good. I love it. You mentioned your quote of the week earlier. You had a couple. But I had one amazing interview this week with Yaroslav Askarov, Predators' top goalie prospect, top goalie prospect in the NHL, who now speaks a lot of English. And I was very, very impressed interviewing him in English for the first time. And we ended up talking for about eight minutes, which is much more time than I needed for the interview. But I couldn't stop asking him stuff. And and he's such a funny guy, and his humor has translated into English so well. And my quote of the week, there could have been many from this interview, is how did he learn English over the last calendar year? You should feel proud of your English. I'll say just talking to you now, you should feel proud of it. How did you learn it, and how do you uh, feel like you've done? You're serious. If you hear, I'm, I'm not really can speak, but <laughs> probably I understand a lot, but I can speak uh, a lot. And uh, just nothing special, just speak with guys every day, and, uh, talk with guys on locker room, talk, talk with guys on street, talk with Uber driver, and something like that, and that's it, nothing more. And just sometimes watch a YouTube show and, uh, with... Uh, Subtitles, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes listen music. And uh, if I have favorite music, it's usually it's uh, American rap or something like that. And I just uh, check what these guys singing with song, you know. I just heard and uh, watch. If I don't understand, it's, it's, it's not sometimes. It's usually <laughs> I don't understand a lot of words, and I just all right. I need to translate this word, you know, and just my brain start work and that's it nothing more what rappers do you like uh drake he's a legend uh 21 savage uh <laughs> travis and a couple more yaroslav Askarov learning english listening to rap talking to his uber drivers <laughs> and he you heard him say it in the first answer there he comprehends much more than he can speak. Mm-hmm. And, and talking to him, I got a feel for that, but he he can vocalize much more than he thinks, and it's truly remarkable. He's been in North America for a year, and he's really got it down. He showed up with very little to no English-speaking ability. One of the things I've always questioned, and I've asked guys on the ice, but when players come in and English is not their first language, when they are yelling at other players, are they yelling in English? Or are you yelling in your first language? Yeah, it's uh, you got to pick your guys then if you want them to understand it. Right. The trash talk in Russian. Not everybody's going to get that to hit home. But Askarov, so impressive with his speaking, and of course his hockey play has always been impressive, but he is back in Milwaukee for now as expected, and it's just great to see all these guys growing up. He, he's still only 21 years old. It's just cool being able to, to get to know him now through more than just his game. He's awesome. He's going to be a guy that we obviously have our eye on. And Kara's TV interviews will have started by our next episode, so we'll be able to drop in even more. I'm bringing the the quotes. You better, as always. Thanks again to Ryan O'Reilly for joining us on the POP this week. Thanks again for all the fan questions. Anytime you got them, use the hashtag PredsPodcast on Twitter. New episodes once a week. We will continue our giveaways as the season goes on. 
We'll have plenty of good stuff. We will pick our winners as well. Show us your popcorn tubs. Show us your jersey margaritas. Show us how much fun you're having in Smashville in preseason and on opening night. For Kara Hammer, I'm Max Herz. This is the Predators official podcast on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and NashvillePredators.com.